0: You're listening to the Collab Talk Podcast, episode 51 of the MVP BuzzChat series. In this episode, I'm talking with Microsoft Regional Director and dual MVP in artificial intelligence and business applications, Stefano Tempesta. this is Christian Buckley with another MVP buzz chat and I'm here with uh, Stefano hello good afternoon good evening I guess
1: hi Christian how are you
0: I'm doing well why don't you uh, for those that don't know you introduce yourself what you do where you are all those things
1: very Grateful to be here with you. Uh, we share a similar background you know, on the Microsoft uh, side, uh, both Microsoft regional directors, MVP, that, that's my passion. Passion is uh, for technology, for enabling uh, solution for, for, for customers in the aspect of digital transformation, cloud enablement, uh, using technology as an enabler, as a leverage for, for, for success. Uh, I'm MVP on uh, AI, a passion that started probably a couple of years ago, and the business application. So all the aspect of uh, Dynamics 365, the power platform. Uh, this week, there is a, a business uh, uh, application summit or something. Yeah, there's, <laughs> a, there's some
0: cool announcements coming out. I feel bad that, I, that I'd be really interested to be there, but.
1: Incredible, yes, incredible. I mean, uh, the the platform is growing uh, massively, and what I love is that it is getting into uh, more frequent releases, uh, more agile. You now we used to have uh, the sort of uh, releases that you had to wait a year or even sometimes even two years before a big announcement. Uh, so now getting into this uh, constant pace of release. Uh, and uh, massive transformation across the board for Microsoft, uh, and uh, probably the cloud that enabled this. So I'm very glad that because you can bring innovation to customers even uh, sooner. Yeah, it's it's funny
0: though on that on that rate too of, of uh, innovation. Is that I, I hear kind of there's there's two sides to this. I mean, you as you recall, I mean, four or five years ago, and the complaint was on that old that old cycle was that you know it takes too long to find out what they're doing they're very secretive they're waiting for the next big event and if it doesn't yeah. hit that window we're waiting another six months for another major event to get those announcements and now the complaint is that it's like it's too it's much
1: too you can't keep up much. and <laughs> it, it, it's too much uh, yeah to look at the end uh, I, I, I'm glad it's happening because it's educating customers, at least from my spirit, from what I'm observing, to accept change as a constant. You know? <laughs> That's the funny part of it, that change is constant. It's happening all the time. So as a, a consultant, uh, I'm not focusing any longer on enabling the technology. Also because uh, moving from uh, on-premises environment to a cloud environment less and less customization and more personalized personalization of the environment what we focus now is on change management on enabling customers to go through this process that may require a few changes um, from time to time uh, even along the year uh, but rather than you know going away developing uh, the, the, the big upgrade for three months, six months, and then coming back. And then, uh, oh, maybe this is what you asked six months ago. Maybe it's not. So it's a process of education for us consultants, but also for customers. And I'm loving it because you're there, closer to your customers. When you work sort of agile, you need to be there, talk, and engage on a regular basis. And uh, I noticed the gap between uh, the initial requirement and the implementation is getting close and you know, also you meet the expectations you meet the customer satisfaction in a much uh, uh, powerful way we you know we always used to
0: joke about how uh, like when uh, uh, like Gmail went live and it had for like what eight years had beta on on yes. there you know for a long time and it's almost like we're we're in that continual state of of uh, of beta with a lot of the different solutions. But that's it's not really. This is part of what's changed about the way that, you know, the technology is being released now is that we're, we're getting it. It's in rings, meaning, you know, we're on a faster ring. You and I, you know, we, we see these things early. We provide feedback. We're trialing things out. And then as it goes kind of generally available out to all the various rings of the service of, you know, Office 365, for example, um, and they get more and more feedback, they're constantly yeah. – You know fixing and tweaking and adding new features and uh and so you have to you're exactly right we're all it's funny for for years i mean i I played that role uh Mm -hmm. as that change manager i built out project management organizations so going in and organizations and helping them to kind of establish healthy patterns for um reviewing uh you know operations and optimizing those things and and implementing that that new and, and then never never settling for what was then just deployed to even when you deploy that and you're looking at it, you're like, all right, now we then have another month of stats on top of that. Where else can we fine tune and
1: increase? Yeah, yeah, so all these big black boxes of testing, oh, we are doing UAT now, then we'll come back to you and see what, what's going on. No, but look, digital transformation or change management is not a big bang, it's a journey. So if you work together with your customer, then you uh, evolve over time, rather than uh, with this big milestone from time to time. I, I I sort of like and don't like the definition of MVP from as in agile, you know, like a minimum viable product. A lot of uh, startups that I also consult, uh, especially in the Zurich area, uh, the last couple of years, there's been an incredible boom around the uh, source, so, so said crypto valley, you know, along uh, the, the, the blockchain buzzword in some way. And a lot of startups came out and then the, I run a user group there and uh, people come to me and they ask, uh, say, you know, for some advice and what technology to use, uh, how to approach the market. And uh I don't notice. Look, work agile, build your product, get early in the market, uh, reach out on your customers, get an early feedback, and evolve adjust. Don't assume that your white paper or your roadmap is perfect casting stone. Evolve. And the same applies also to big corporates in some way. My point on the MVP things is that MVP as a minimum viable product. I don't like the definition. As a minimum viable, I mean, we are, no, you and I, uh, MVP is in the most valuable professional. Would you like someone to call you, Christian, or me, Stefano? You are the minimum viable professional. It sends a message that we we are doing well, the yeah, bad. Can I get, get paid the down. same? What can I can I do less and then get paid the same though? Because I'd be okay with that. Yeah, and then call it's me whatever. Do the bare minimum just to get your pay at the end of the week, at the end of the month. No, thank you. So for me, MVP in agile, know, I like to play with this, is the most valuable product that you can deliver in the constraints that you have. You have constraint of time, you have constraint of resources, you have constraint of budget, whatever your constraints are, because obviously we don't work in unlimited time, unlimited money, unlimited uh, resources. We have some constraints, you play with those constraints, and you deliver the most valuable product you can. Well, uh, well you know,
0: so, so it's a different way of looking at it, uh, you know, versus MVP, because I think for this, for some similar reasons. I mean, I get the you want rapid prototyping. I prefer that yeah. phrase. Um, yeah. You know, look, like we were, uh, I was trained on uh, on joint application design, rapid application design, back in the early yeah. '90s. One of my you know first companies, tech companies that I worked for, um, EDS uh, consulting company. And uh, so I went through that training program and went and did that on projects and worked with engineers and and with uh, the the analysts and with our customers. So the, it was I worked for uh, our our group, very large organization. I've worked for the uh, state of California, the the health system. So uh, you know, very important customer that was on site there in uh, Sacramento, California. And, and so we needed to be able to there, you know, to get their time, we would essentially sequester ourselves in a room for two, three days, and no one left, no one was allowed to leave during the day on um, breaks or lunch, but because we were going through and as they were building and rapidly prototyping, uh, and then we would go back and validate, no, that's not what I said, or okay, now that I see it in this mockup or in this basic application, that, that screen won't work what if we did this? And, and at the end of that three days, I mean, what took months of do that waterfall method and going back and forth, we were able to knock out very rapidly. But the idea that I I learned from a lot of those experiences was versus MVP is, is pilots, that iterative development cycle using pilots. And to your point of minimally viable, when I think of a pilot, one of the key points that I make to, to customers is that do not go and build a pilot based off of a project, a system that you don't care about, because no. then it will, you, you, will not, uh, you, you will not build it out the way it needs to be done. You will not take it seriously. You will not find the answers to the question of, hey, can, is this a viable solution if it is not around a business critical process or
1: system? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the uh, design and build uh, for actually resolving a business challenge, bringing value. Even if uh, what you are building uh, is uh, more of a prototype or more something that will evolve over time, but. Uh, I you're right, I notice companies that uh, are maybe allocate some budget for so to speak innovation. And I love it, don't get me wrong. I love that there is uh, this opportunity to experiment sometimes in organization. No no uh not not many organizations can actually afford to do that. But what I notice uh, oh, at least from my experience, from my advisory experience, that say hey I have this uh, bucket of money. What what can I do for you? Shall I do a blockchain project what is this <laughs> right. do you have a process that you have to resolve we have an inefficiency and then we'll see what is the technology that to actually fit into that you know
0: right now it's uh it's funny you we were talking before we started recording about just the change that's happened in the blockchain space but i think you just nailed like that that fundamental problem is that you know you'd see when I, when I started getting involved in the space and I've got you know, one uh, client I'm acting CMO for and yeah. I've been working with for uh, two and a half years now, um, is that uh, you know, every startup, my first uh, startup event that I went to for blockchain was down at South by Southwest a couple of years ago and it, was, um, it instantly reminded me of the, uh, of the fervor around the dot-com era of the light, yes. late 90s. And I was, yeah, I mean, just, it felt like it, a lot of this, you see like the, the, you know, the, the, the the, the gleam in the eye of the, of the young startups, uh, you know, the, the entrepreneurs, these, these uh, founders that jumped around and talking a great story around that. And just some, a lot of the fundamentals just, you know, weren't there. And I just, uh, I mean, look, I was. I was in the thick of it back in the nineties. I had a software company, we had product, we had um, you know, alpha customers, we, you know, there was real technology there and it was we were struggling to uh to get that, you know, venture capital, had some, you know, friends and family and some seed funding there, but were otherwise self funded and to see these a lot of bad ideas getting funded. Okay multiple rounds yes. <laughs> and I think uh, we saw a lot of that and just that this is my my take and it wasn't me going in and like hey I know everything I'm I've been in tech now for almost 30 years uh, what these guys are doing it just again a lot of those the of the, the, the approach was so much wrapped up in the story around blockchain and what blockchain was rather than but what are you actually trying to solve and you okay. know there's a dozen other ways of solving the problem you're talking about that have nothing to do with, with blockchain other than you see it as a prospect to go and get more rapid funding.
1: Exactly, I mean, in some way, the ICO, no, this uh, initial coin offer uh, has been uh, a game changer for these smaller companies that instead of going for angel investment or self-funding, which is always a bit trickier, uh, they just found a way to get uh, their idea with uh, investment that are even potentially lost if they don't deliver to the promise and it did happen it did happen a lot so we are now passing what in the in the in this context is called a crypto winter along with the value of bitcoin going down a bit from the initial value Uh, It's it's going back a bit now, but personally, I don't have investment of cryptocurrency. My interest in blockchain is really the application of this uh, distributed digital ledger, uh, this immutable uh, transaction log uh, to an enterprise space. And uh, yes, it's true. It started uh, with a very close connection to Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general. I notice now that companies like Microsoft, like IBM, Salesforce more recently, they have announced their own enterprise platform for blockchain. So there is a probably a twofold factor here. One is the technology is evolving, is not mature enough to scale to you no know, large volume of transactions, and that is something that is is work in progress, I guess. And the other one is uh, decoupling uh, the mentality or the the, the misconception of blockchain being a a cryptocurrency and instead having the possibility to apply to to real use cases. I've been working for example, on a a sort of a a synergy of IoT and blockchain in the context of supply chain. And we didn't start with blockchain in mind. Actually, we didn't even start with IoT in mind. Also, we started with I have a freight transportation that I need to guarantee the handover from one vector to another one of on my product is delivered in good quality. So supply chain, different actors, different statuses, uh, and uh, and products that have, that meet have to meet some conditions. Mm-hmm. So the IoT device helps. Uh, keeping track of several metrics, it you know, can be uh, GPS location, can be humidity, can be temperature, why not? not anything that uh, represents a telemetry point. But then I also need an immutable ledger to keep track of all this uh, uh, information and uh, store out of compliance, so exceptions uh, to, the, to the contract. Uh, uh, that... You know, you start with a business process in mind and then you apply technology to resolve it. I see the value.
0: I just was thinking as you're talking, because my my experience years ago um, working in the supply chain uh, space, in fact, my my entry point into or the reason I got hired into Microsoft was uh, mostly because of the experience that I had working with this company building a hosted collaboration platform, but for the supply chain, uh, you know, high tech uh, manufacturing processes. So uh, like I went and did deployments with Hitachi, Matsushita, uh, Selectron, uh, Seagate, uh, just a bunch of these massive electronics manufacturing companies. And, and one of the things that we went and did, there were kind of different, three different components to our solution. The company, for those that might be familiar, it's called E2Open. Went public, got privatized, got bought uh, again, but, uh, Uh, they, there are three components to it. One was, um, what I worked on. I was the first product manager hired to build this collaboration platform and we launched it in 2001. It looked a bit like, and had a lot, most of the features, well, it had a lot of the features of like SharePoint 2010 era. So it was very, although I would say it's, it's about, you know, 10 to 50 times the cost of SharePoint, you know, very expensive. Um. And then the other two things was it, there was a marketplace for the buying and reselling. Uh, and then there was the actual, the supply chain uh, management for the, the companies. The difficulty for us though, was to get the scale was we would go out and build this collaboration hub. So it's almost like having a, you know, a dedicated cloud environment for each of the major companies. And then we would plug in each of their tier one, tier two, tier three suppliers and, uh, you know, and help them. So as they're building a product if they had a change to uh, a part or if a supplier, even a raw material supplier changed and the quality or the tolerance levels of a part or whatever it is had impact with there, they would see in close to real time, the yes. potential possible impacts and be able to plan around that. Say, well, if we switched subcontractors on this piece besides the two day switch out of the vendor's, you know, and ramping them up, what would that do to trucks delivering packaged products in stores? And you'd be able to see the ripple effects. Anyway, fascinating stuff. But where it it lacked was the, we weren't able to, uh, you know, have the benefit where we had suppliers that worked with three or four or more OEMs, not just the one that they were plugged into. So there was a lot of duplication of effort and communication across these different networks because there was no trust. You can't have two OEMs and potentially have data bleed between what everything that they're doing. And, and, and so my first you know, thought of you know, understanding, walking through what, I mean, there's a few points of understanding of the potential of, of blockchain technology. But that's the first thing that I saw is a truly disengaged, neutral, you know, uh, transaction-based you know, platform, that ledger. And that you had control over the data, so only those people that are participating with that, that need to have access, have that. But then you could start to benefit by having all of those OEMs on one network, and those you know tiered partners have access to where they need to go, and it can be trusted across those different things. It's so many efficiencies okay. that can be gained by and having everybody in that
1: network. I- Trust is the key word here because yeah. that is what blockchain is addressing, you know, the lack of trust among parties. And it applies to any application, any context. I, In the past, uh, I also uh, built a sort of a prototype of a blockchain application for digital signature of a, a certificate issued by uh, Educational Institute. And, uh, you know, they always store on... Uh, sharepoint in that case so you have a bit of you know, the distributed digital ledger uh, but then the centralized content repository for documents that's okay because what i'm addressing there is uh, the trust even if sharepoint obviously is robust, uh, and then you have all the different security uh, around it's still a single point of failure that potentially can be compromised and uh, with the distribution of a uh, content and code because at the end also you're running a smart contract on a, a decentralized network, uh, you prevent uh, this single point of failure, so trust is the keyword there, and then I think no uh, you know, uh uh, the audit trail that you normally have in this application, like you know, any CRM system, ERP system, uh, enterprise content management, you always have you know, an audit trail, who did what, on which record, at what time. But where is uh, this audit trail stored? In a table, inside the same database, or the same system. So if you compromise the, the database of your CRM, of your ERP, of your enterprise content management, you're compromising also the audit, tra- audit table, tra- audit trail table. Yeah. So you know, at the end, uh, you know, if you use, if you're relying on this uh, auditing for e-discovery, you no, know, for uh, uh, any application in uh, for for uh, uh, to recover information that has been stored. Well, at the end, if the central system is compromised, also your audit table is compromised. Right. So store it separately on a distributed environment that is immutable and cannot be compromised.
0: Yeah, there's uh, – well, that, that's another thing. And I know that there have been um, – uh, for those that aren't familiar with the uh, the Microsoft Regional Director Program, I know that uh, uh, there's a, a lot of heated discussions around different uh, p- points and uh, – uh, You know, different releases, different, uh, you have very strong feelings on things. There was a discussion in one of our DLs uh, a a few months ago around blockchain. You probably remember it It was very, and and I I made kind of a very innocuous uh, response back and told somebody, like, well, I understand your perspective being a SQL, a very database driven person. I understand your perspective. I disagree with it. I think you're wrong in these areas, but I understand your perspective. And I just had like screaming voices back at me for uh, you know for my for my opinion and it's uh I, and it's 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 interesting. I even made this comment um at Build last year um and I in the pre-day event with a bunch of the speakers. Um yep. I can't remember you were there, right? Yep, I was uh, there. That's right. Um, that was, I think, the most heated feedback from the audience of MVPs and RDs was to the two guys from the blockchain, the Azure blockchain team, who had a, just kind of a high-level overview presentation. They weren't pushing any buttons, just talking about here's what we're doing, here's where we are, here's what's available today, Amen. and 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 people went down. And down the cryptocurrency route was like, whoa, 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 you know, but um, yeah, it's, it's interesting that you have such passionate responses from some that are pushing back on, you know, their status quo of what they see the, the, the world of with, with the technology, uh-huh. others that look at it from their, their skewed perspective, like, you know, what's happening with cryptocurrencies. Um, and uh, then you have a handful of voices, I think, are like us that are saying, look, there's a lot of potential. It's not perfect. No technology is perfect, but it is. It looks very promising. Like it's going to answer a lot of the issues that we have with other other systems. And to your point, it's it, you know, in building trust in exactly. untrusted networks, and that's exactly. what's key for me.
1: Exactly. Uh, no, you you mentioned build so build this year. So it was last month. Uh, Microsoft made some nice announcement also around the Azure blockchain. As a managed services, uh, it was a very nice keynote. Also, of Mark Rosinovich, the CTO of Azure, with uh, Vitalik Buterin, you know, the, the, the founder co-founder of uh, Ethereum. So they were just sitting there together and uh, addressing uh, questions also from the audience. Uh, a very nice uh, interaction between. Uh, uh, extremely technology guy and uh, a completely visionary on the the blockchain space. So like uh, the two worlds that you believe uh, or you will think at the the beginning they were not uh, together at all. Now sitting next to each other and discussing exactly the same direction, the same approach on uh, addressing trust, uh, on uh, addressing the need for uh, decentralized identity and and, uh, scaling blockchain to enterprise beyond the, the, the cryptocurrency world. So promising space, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I also read some announcement with um, S3, Corda uh, by, by, by Microsoft itself. Uh, so it's definitely a space to watch. Again, my point is uh, that's the technology. Microsoft is providing the raw ingredients. It's up to us to put this together into a specific solution for a business process or for a prototype of whatever is necessary for customers to gain, uh, you know, value in what they're doing. And you know what? I mean, we can have this conversation for longer and longer. I'm sure we'll have a chance to meet uh, any of the next uh, events uh, There is Inspire, uh, I believe in uh, July. In a month, and then, yes. Uh, yeah, I'll be there. I'll tonight, be, going, going back I'll to be Vegas. Later in November. So... Yep. Plenty of opportunities uh, to meet and uh, carry on this conversation.
0: Definitely. And uh, so how if people want to get in touch with you, find out more about you, what's the best way to find you online?
1: Well, look, uh, online, uh, I'm, obviously, I'm definitely on uh, on LinkedIn uh, and uh, Twitter, Stefano Tempesta, all one word. Uh, blockchain.space is also a blog about blockchain technology that I'm uh, curing, uh, and I started a year ago. And I try to mix a bit of the technology, which is at the end is my passion, but more on the aspect of change management, digital transformation. So understand what's the value that uh, technology like blockchain uh, can bring, uh, and not just blockchain. So not in isolation, but you know, in a synergy in combination with IoT, with artificial intelligence, with... Um, it's almost uh, always in
0: combination with something energy. else. It's not like it's standalone by itself. Exactly. It's, it's, exactly. It's, there's always a, a story around that yeah exactly. right
1: Totally. Yeah.
0: well excellent well i really appreciate you uh taking the time to, to talk and uh we'll catch you soon and i'm sure i'll be at all of those events
1: yeah absolutely i you, you you're video recording this right so if i knew i should have shaved okay uh, really uh, I,
0: I could say the same thing but it's uh, yeah it's all right,
1: so, all right it, uh, nice catching up with you christian
0: we'll talk to you soon wow. Wow.